This is Miller's Edge on Tide The Miller's Edge with Christian Miller, two-time national champion and team captain for the Alabama Crimson Tide and former Carolina Panther and his father, Corey Miller, the pastor of pain, a nine-year NFL veteran with the New York Giants and University of South Carolina Hall of Famer. This is The Miller's Edge. And welcome into the Mill's Edge here on a Tuesday. Talking Tuesday. Hope you're doing well. Craymill, the pastor, Payne here with you. Well, opposite of yesterday, I'm in downtown Columbia at the Hootie and the Blowfish office. No sun. Looking to get some vitamin D, but uh, I'm not getting any vitamin D today. It's cloudy but warm, but nonetheless, it's Tuesday. Good day to be on the inside. Good day to be talking radio, talking sports on the radio, excuse me. Talking about Alabama, talking about this basketball team. We've got a big game coming up against Kentucky this weekend, college game day. Going to be in the house at Coleman Coliseum. You know, we're less than a week before spring football practice. We're going to get into some of the position groups. And it's a big week for guys that play the Alabama. Like 10 guys, they're at the combine. Chris and I have both been there, been a part of it. Uh, I want to get into some of that. What's going through the guys' minds? What you got to do to get ready for it? Is it overrated? Is it worth it? Guys are not throwing. Guys are not doing anything. So I want to get to some of that good stuff on today and break that down. What it means for the 10 guys and others who didn't get invited to the combine but still has, has a chance to play professional football. So we'll get into some of that. 205-342-9904 is the number for the program. Tie 100. Point nine is a free download on the app. If you got any thoughts, comments, questions, we'd love for you to leave those right there. Um, Wyatt, I got some questions for you. We got Noah in here, Noah. so I mean, <laughs> you guys. Uh, Noah's in there. Yes, sir. Why okay. well, I'm, I'm confused. They mix. I mean, y'all y'all switch up so much. I don't know who's who, who's working. I think it's generally why it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I'm Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday, and I'm Tuesday, Thursday. So you're only giving us two days now. Yep, yep, yep. I'm covering all this softball. Covering so, uh, softball. you know, having to, having to put those, that time towards that. Time towards that. Listen, man, you work hard for your money, right? Oh, you know it. Oh, you know it. <laughs> all right. Corey Miller in Columbia, Christian Miller, and Noah 
by the way, who I normally give a last name to. I stopped doing that because I, I, I do it and it's Wyatt back there, so I get confused. So I can't see him. Christian behind the glass. Christian, what's up? Nothing much. Just uh, just, uh, just hanging in here. I'm, I'm, I'm with you, though. There's not too much um, sun here in Tuscaloosa today, but still, still nonetheless a great day. Um, Probably, uh, probably going to go to the gym after the show. I normally go before, but I'm probably going to go afterwards today. But same old, but I'm excited to kind of dive into some of this combine stuff. Um, thank you, Noah. I was about to say that echo is <laughs> bad. I, I try to text him. Um, but, yeah, I'm excited to dive into this combine stuff. You know, now <clears throat> now it's the NFL talking season. Everybody's, or draft, draft talking season, I should say. Everybody's, you know, coming up with comps, who should draft who. Um you know, all that good stuff. I'm, you know, I'm looking at the TV now and they're talking about the Bears who have a big decision to make. You know, they've got the number one pick uh, and the number nine overall pick in this year's draft. So you got to see what they end up doing. You got a, a young talent like Justin Fields, really good football player, but, you know, just hasn't had too much success there in Chicago. Granted, you know, offensive line has really struggled to protect them, hadn't had the most weapons. They did make a deal with the Panthers. They got uh, my former t- teammate DJ Moore uh, to give them some help. I mean, again, you know, Justin Fields is a very very talented guy, uh, but just hasn't necessarily been able to turn that franchise around. And again, you know, football, there's so many moving pieces. So that's that's part of it. But nonetheless, they have a decision to make. You got a quarterback class that's relatively strong, I would say. At least some people feel that way. You got guys like Caleb Williams, Drake May. Um, You got Jaden Daniels. You know, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of guys in this class uh, that that people are optimistic about. So you look at the Bears, and we could talk about that too. I'm curious, kind of what what everybody else would think, what, what they would take uh, if they had this decision to make with uh, Chicago being the number one pick, but also having a young player like Justin Fields. Would you try to keep Fields and go after a, a position guy? You know, maybe you know, I don't know, maybe a lineman, maybe definitely maybe a lineman with that number nine pick, number one overall. I mean, if you don't go quarterback. Hmm, that is tough. I got to look at the top the top players in this class, but um, yeah, just see what they end up doing with that. Either keep Fields and get them some support with the, those first round picks. Obviously, they, if they're going to position position outside of quarterback, I'm assuming they trade back from that number one spot, uh, get more picks and get more guys. But we'll have to see. I'm curious, kind of what your thoughts would be with that um, on what you would do. Do you have any thoughts if, if you were? If you were the Chicago Bears in this situation, you got a guy like Justin Fields, who's a really good athlete, a good quarterback, just hadn't had the success that him or the you know uh, Chicago franchise want to this point. Um, would would you keep Fields and try to put some more pieces around him, or would you go ahead trade Fields, draft a quarterback in this this upcoming draft, whether it be Caleb Williams, whoever uh, they think would be best suited for that number one pick? And go that route. Which route would you go? Fields can play. I, I, I don't get the whole thing. The dude's been through several coordinators. He's been through, you know, different coaches. The kid can play. But if you look around him, what what support grouping does he has? Or does he have? Excuse me. I mean, there's nothing there to make you call home to mom about and say, man, I am loaded with talent all around me. This team is stacked. But yet, they're looking at the next quarterback. And this is where franchises get in trouble because 
You go and be like, oh, it's a quarterback. Let's see if we can trade and get some picks. Let's use number one. Let's get Caleb Williams. I mean, who'd say Caleb Williams can come in? Southern California can come in and play and be that guy that we've seen in college, the Heisman Trophy winner. You don't know that. So, so, so my thing is, you got you got to stick with what you got, man, and build around the guy. He can throw it. He's an outstanding runner. I mean, the dude, uh, you know, has been banged up. His offensive line wasn't that good. I mean, so you got to look at all the pieces. Uh, you know, if I'm the GM, if I'm building this team, the Chicago Bears, there's no doubt I'm keeping Justin Fields. He's young. He, he's a good leader. The people in the locker room like him. Why would I go try to bring in a rookie who we know what the stats are? We just saw what happened to, to Bryce Young with Carolina. I mean, it was abysmal. So why would you go risk something else to try to find the next college quarterback? I mean, my thing would be go with Justin Fields, build around him, and then maybe find a free agent, a guy that's got some stars, that's played some good football, and maybe have a backup. Then if in case, you know, Justin Fields doesn't work out, you got somebody that has got receipts. You got somebody that's played the game at the high level. Why wouldn't you do that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, you definitely could do that. And I, I mean, that's why I'm curious what you, your take would be because, I mean, it, it depends on what route you go. The other the other side of it is, hey, we've given this guy three years. I, and I get what you said because I said the same stuff. Offensive line was terrible for him. They, they finally got him a guy like DJ Moore who helped out some. And I, I feel like we've seen Justin Fields grow and develop. And I feel like he's still got a lot more potential in the tank that they can pull out of him if they get those weapons because you and I both know in the NFL, I mean, your success – uh, can be very, can very much be determined by a lot of factors, right? You know, and, and the reason I say that is, you, like you just mentioned, a great, the, honestly, probably one of the best examples, Bryce Young in Carolina, right? And then C.J. Stroud in, in Houston, you look at Bryce Young. Bryce Young is just as talented, if not more talented, than C.J. Stroud. But because he went to a franchise, and this is my franchise, so I'm not afraid or ashamed to say it, a very troubled franchise in terms of just, at least in recent years, I understand in 2015, you know, Cam Newton, Luke Keekley, those years, but those years are kind of behind us in Carolina. And in recent years, the, the, the Panthers have, have been a struggling franchise. It's, I mean, a lot of turnover with coaches. I mean, I know from firsthand experience, the front office is, is not good at all. And you look at Bryce Young and now he's faring there in Carolina and how his career, career has gotten off to a rocky start because of his circumstances. So you look at Justin Fields in Chicago, same thing. I mean, he's unfortunately with a franchise and a team that's not really helped him much. But at the same time, the other side of it is you look at this and say, well, there might be a generational type quarterback in this draft that we could go ahead and have. We could then trade Justin Fields and get some more picks. And basically, you're getting that, that young generational quarterback that you're gambling on, you know, because you don't know how he's going to turn out, right? Um, but then you still get some picks in return because you're trading Justin Fields. So I get both sides of it. I, I do agree. I think, unfortunately, I feel like we move on from people and players way too fast. I mean, that's just kind of the nature of the, of the beast, right? It's how this business works. So it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. So I wouldn't be shocked, I'll be honest. I wouldn't be shocked if they trade Justin Fields, just given that they might see somebody. And I think that's the biggest key. If they see a quarterback in this class that they feel is a true generational type player that can – change their franchise, um, I can see them making that move. However, if they do that, they still are going to have to get said player all type of support, right? And, and we always talk about this, right? Everything begins up front, the trenches. 
If you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a team at all, right? Or you don't have trench play. You don't have either offense or defense line. I mean, just look at the Super Bowl, right? The trenches, you know, good trench play was on full display in the Super Bowl. And it just goes to show you both, you know, the defensive line, San Francisco is very active, right? I mean, it's just, it's critical. Um, and, and when teams, they don't, when I, and I don't understand, I don't understand how you, you work in the NFL front office and don't understand that, right? The best teams always have the best offensive lines or the best line play in general, right? You look at Philadelphia, their offensive line play, how much that helped. A guy like Jalen Hurts out, obviously they got weapons on the outside too, but everything starts up front. So hopefully they, they pay attention to that. I'm not a Chicago fan, but uh, I mean, I, I, I want to see Justin Fields have success. I mean, I, I'm rooting for him. I, I just, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But I just thought that was curious. I thought that was somewhere we could go with today with Combine coming up. Um, even though a lot of guys are announcing that they're not really participating. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr. What are your thoughts on that? He's not, he said he's not getting an agent or he's, uh, and he's not competing in the Combine. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I want to hit that. I did throw that out there in the beginning, the monologue, because that's the big thing. You know, again, we're talking about what happened to college football. We talk about the mindset. We talk about players. We talk about the culture with young people. All of this stuff is diluting college football. And I don't like it. I want to talk about it. I like to blast people like Marvin Harrison Jr. <laughs> so, I mean... It's ridiculous. So I do want to get into that. We're up against our um, first break. So let's go ahead and hit that. And I want to talk about this combine because Alabama has 10 players. I do want to get into some of the players. I want to talk about their chances, what we kind of give our breakdown of these guys and their upside and that that type because we like to follow our players that go to the league. Alabama has a lot of them. And then we want to talk about those guys. Just saying, and no, and it's normal as the quarterbacks. These pre-Madonna quarterbacks that feel like they don't have to do nothing. They've done everything already, all right? Their test is finished. It's, it's, here you go, professor. Grade my paper based on what I did in college. I don't. You don't need to see me out here in Indianapolis on the field or just wait till you get back to my college stadium or college indoor facility, and then, then I'll show you what I can do. Pre-freaking Madonnas, that to me is part of what's wrong with football. So we get back, we'll talk about that. We'll, get to, we'll look at spring practice, we'll get some position grouping that, that we think may be uh, a position of concern. Those that maybe might be position of strength. So I want to get into some of that as well. On the program today here on A Talking Tuesday, we sponsor by our good friends at the Good Feet Store, America's art support experts. Go by and see Douglas and the gang right there at Midtown Village if you're in Tuscaloosa, if not of course, uh, you can go online and see everything, read everything, find out everything about the Good Feet Store. Quick timeout, we'll come back. We'll look at these prima donnas down in Indianapolis this week, and I'll tell you, and Christian will tell you our thoughts. That's coming up right here on the Tide, 100.9, a.m., WTBC. Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, breezy afternoon. A mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy below 62. Tomorrow, periods of rain turning colder. will reach the 70s during the morning, but falling back into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 75 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. 
And welcome back into the Miller's Edge on this Tuesday edition. It's Talking Tuesday edition of the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. If you're in any type of pain, foot pain, knee pain, or back pain, you know the drill, folks. Head on over to the Good Feet Store in Midtown Village or go to goodfeet.com to schedule an appointment or find the nearest location to you. Again, that's Good Feet, improving the quality of people's lives two feet at a time. We're talking NFL draft uh combine it's that week right combine week we're, we're seeing all the guys uh get checked in i remember my time at the combine it was it was okay you know something you look up to as a kid you know you see it on tv watch it every year so excited for it that when you actually get to experience it you realize it's uh it's not what it's all cracked up to be it's uh <laughs> it's definitely a very stressful process i mean from the minute you get there you're getting pulled left and right by by you know scouts you know medical personnel people that are just running the combine i mean it's just so much going on and uh i think the worst part of it at least for me the medicals man i mean the last thing you do is actually go on the field and do combine work that, that's literally the very last thing <laughs> so like the stuff you guys see on tv and the guys doing the drills and that, that's exciting to watch that literally is like such a small piece of what the combine actually is right I mean, like, that's the very last thing you pretty much do, unless they shifted the format, which they might have shifted around a little bit. But it's just crazy because, you know, as a kid, you're excited for that portion of it. But then when you get there, it's all type of testing, right? I mean, it's a psychological testing. I mean, I, I took probably, probably at least three different tests. I mean, these tests are like hour and a half long at least, right? I mean, like, they're like a couple hundred questions. I mean, it's testing your, 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 I guess your psyche in all different aspects, you know, decision-making, uh, judgment, right? And I'm not talking about just on-field, it's really off-field stuff. I mean, they go so in-depth and then uh, teams and coaches and scouts request meetings. So you got to do that in the meantime. And then one of the earlier things you do is the medicals. And to me, that was the worst part. I mean, I hate MRIs. It's not, the the MRI, MRI machine, if no one's ever had one, it's not fun, especially when you're a bigger guy. You know, you, you get in a little tube, they slide you in, it's loud as hell. I, I hate them. Uh, if, you're, if, you're, if you're claustrophobic, it's not for you. But, um, man, they, 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 they request teams and doctors. They, they, you go through a <laughs> – oh, my goodness. I'm, these are all – all this is coming back to me, man. You go through, like, this whole – each team has, like, medical personnel, uh, rep like, representation there. And you basically go through all these lines. Like, there's specialists that look at – at the feet, at the knees, the hips, elbows, neck, head. I mean, and they do, oh my goodness, man. That's all it is. And then if, if they see anything or there's anything in your past and your medical history that they wanted to get a look at, that's what they're going to, uh, that's what they're going to do. They're going to request MRIs or further evals on that. So I spent, man, I, I honestly spent probably, probably eight hours in the hospital, one of my, my first day or two there. Uh, just waiting to do the MRIs. MRIs weren't even that long. I, I, they requested like three or four from me, um, and it was just ridiculous. And you end up waiting hours in between each one. I mean, I was just sitting around with other guys in the combine. And so, but anyway, that was kind of my experience. And then, you know, I, you know, the testing part, you know, it was what it was. I mean, just like anybody else, you don't really like taking tests in school. Why would you want to do this crap when you're here? And you're, you're thinking you're going to go there to, you know, do football drills, but you're doing that. Um, so that, that was okay. Then, of course, the on-field portion, by the time I got to that part, I was tired. 
One really, I was I was nervous. It's one of those situations they just call you out one by one. It's fast paced. They had me. I'm a you know I was an edge guy, like a hybrid. But they had me with the linebacker group because I was a Sam linebacker, even though I really played defensive end and edge. But they they wanted to see me do linebacker drills, so I'm in a group with all these inside linebackers. So it was I had quite the experience. Um, but again, I still was very blessed and fortunate to go, and you know it was an opportunity for me to you know, meet with NFL personnel and, and, and front office uh, personnel and get to get to show those guys, you know, my abilities and, and put on display, you know, my uh, my intelligence off the field or my, my football IQ and then things of that nature. So I, I was very fortunate to get that invite. You know, I, it sounds like I'm complaining. I, I'm not. I'm just I'm trying to detail the uh, the realities of it because uh, a lot of people don't get to see that. So I, I think it's cool just to kind of offer you guys an in-depth look of, you know, kind of what really is uh, the NFL combine, you know, that you guys get to watch. But that's really what players are going through. Now, some, some other guys probably have different experiences. Again, I mean, I, I, I kind of had an injury-riddled career, even going back to high school, you know, breaking an elbow and then having surgery on my neck. So that was all ju- all subject to evaluation. But that being said, I mean, some guys, it's a little smoother than others. They didn't really deal with too many injuries. And other guys, they kind of, you know, they, they perform well when all the lights are on them in terms of, isolated workouts like that me i'm the type man if i'm if i'm kind of like put on the spot like that i'm like i start to overthink i'm like oh damn but anyway that's kind of my experience and i know it's probably changed so much since since when my dad was there um but i said all that to say to give a you know my my personal account of my experience at the combine but we, he was talking about the prima donnas and uh he was saying that basically he, he thinks that's what's wrong with football is, you know, a lot of guys nowadays, they opt out of it. But after what I just explained, um, I actually don't blame a lot of guys because I'll be honest, man. I mean, you you you're, you are literally are going to – it's like herding cattle, man. It's a bunch of guys you stripped down to compression shorts. They got pictures and videos of you just, you know, doing 360s and stuff, looking at your build, measuring every inch of you <laughs> and just testing everything about you. I mean, it's, it's a lot. And so – I'll be honest, you know, you you mentioned Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, here's the thing. I mean, we're talking about a guy who's Belitnikov winner. I mean, he he is arguably the number one wide receiver. I mean, you got Malik Neighbors, you know, this is some good talent, but I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a guy that a lot of people would agree that he's a generational type talent. He's got football pedigree, you know, extremely impressive. Um, and so I, I, I get what you're saying. It seems like guys are prima donnas. I would blame that more so on the quarterbacks that don't want to throw. Like, look, I mean, you're a freaking quarterback. Like, that's all you do is throw the football, right? Like, just go throw the ball. A guy like him, like, I'll be honest, like, what does he really have to 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 gain from the combine? That's my take. I'm not saying everybody should have this approach. You know what I'm saying? But somebody like him, like, he's going to go to the combine. He's going to do all the evaluation and the meeting stuff, you know, all the board work off the field. But on field, I mean, why should he run? Think about it. If he doesn't run some crazy fast 4-3 or low 4-4-40, I guarantee even if he ran, I feel like a high 4-4, maybe not high. If he, if he doesn't run a 4-4 or faster, they're just going to find reasons to, that that's going to that's gonna be like a, a negative to him, even though a 4-5 is not bad. But you see what I'm saying? Like, in my opinion, he just got way too much to lose. Not even too much to lose. If he wants to do it, he can do it. But in, in my opinion, he doesn't have much to gain. Right? He has more to lose than to gain a, a, a prospect like him. Right, Malik Neighbors, uh, that's kind of iffy. I feel like he could test, but I feel like at least Marvin Harrison Jr. I understand. But 
multiple quarterbacks opted not to to participate. I don't understand that. Now, I do know that some guys opt not to participate in the combine. They'd rather do it at pro day. And again, I just mentioned me. Like, when I was there, I was kind of out of my element. They threw me into the linebacker group. It's fast-paced. They're just, you know, trying to get through it, put you on the spot, right? You know, it's it's not really in your uh, – I, I, no, I should say – no, it's – it's not you're not necessarily like in your best element, right? And it's almost like they they intentionally do that. Versus at pro day, I came back to Tuscaloosa and I killed pro day. I did linebacker drills, defensive end work, and I killed it. I was in my element. I, I felt a lot better. I was a lot more recovered from my hamstring injury than I was at the combine. Um, so yeah, but I'm curious. I know we're kind of running against the time, but and I'll let you start off this next uh, this next segment because I know you're trying to get your equipment figured out, but. I mean, do you agree that Marvin Harrison, you know, probably has more to lose by part? No, you're not going to agree. You just called him a prima don. But let me hear your 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 thoughts on the Marvin Harrison thing. Uh, <laughs> listen, man, I, you know, I'm old school, and, and I got a lot to say. So I'm, I'm going to hit a break because I don't want to get started and have to stop. Because I hear what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But it ain't right. And, you know, it's, it's a privilege and it's an obligation, right? Although I agree with certain things, don't even matter. But where is the, thank, the thankfulness? Where is the, the happy to, to, that you, you're there? Um, so I got a lot to say. So, Noah, Mr. Noah, give me my theme music. Let's go to break because I'm about ready to Mr. Marvin Harris. I'm not, have we ever seen a wide receiver say no to the combine? I mean, not just no to not doing anything. Have we have have we ever seen that? I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a great point. I mean, I, I'm sure yes, but I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of it. No, but, but again, we're talking about a guy that a lot of people label him as a generational type prospect. You watch the tape. I know you're Mr. Proven, old school. I get all that. I'm I'm with that for the most part. But at the same time, a guy like Marvin Harrison, I can look at. And I'm just I'm just going to say like like. His floor is extremely high, right? So even if he's not, uh, I don't know. I mean, so Jerry Rice, right? And I get his floor is so high that I, like I feel comfortable saying that he's going to excel in the NFL, right? I mean, the stuff that he does is body control. Seven. Hall of Fame and the best to ever do this daggum thing. So anyway, let's do a quick timeout. Let's talk more about this because I think the, the approach. It's wrong, and I think these people are listening to the wrong people that's in their ear. That's a problem. More of the Middle's Edge coming back on the tide. 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Back in a moment. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Thirty-seven here on the Miller's Edge, talking Tuesday. Hope you're doing well out there. Let's get with it. Let's talk combine, NFL combine happening down in the beautiful city of Indianapolis, Indiana, right there at the dome. Everything goes on. I've been there covering this thing. I think the year that I was working Christian out, it was snowing. By the way, it was crazy out there, cold. But um, a lot of stuff happening in the city this week. A lot of coaches trying to strike deals, trade deals. It's just not about the college athletes. There's so many 
crazy things going on down at the NFL Combine. Let me just give you some real talk here. Okay, my, my, here's the thing about the Combine. Christian was talking about what he had to go through, and then it's all based on your history, too. It's all based on your medical. How much medical do you have to do? All the scans, this, that, and the third. They're going to go back. They're going to hit you back from middle school. Oh, did you, did you, uh, did you slam your pinky, pinky toe in the car door? Well, let's look at that, right? And then they're going to they're find out everything there is to find out about said player. They're going to know. From off the field, from on the field, from, you know, altercations to they do their homework, which is a lot. There's a lot that goes on uh, with this combine. Um, their job is to basically find out any negative they can about a player. Why do they do that, you may ask? Well, they want to do that because that means they got a chance to draft you uh, in the seventh round instead of the third round. That saves them a lot of money, even though you may be a second round player. But if they can get you in the sixth, seventh round, that's where they want to get you. Why? Because it saves money. So they, they want to know every bad thing. Every bad thing a coach may tell you. Are you a, you're a problem in the locker room. You're, you're, you're not coachable. You this, that, and whatever it may be. They want to know. So they can dock you, right? Even if it's first round, if they get you at the 28th pick rather than the fourth pick, saves millions of dollars. That's what happens at the NFL Combine, right? Now, as a young athlete, you grow up and, and, and with aspirations to one day be an NFL player, right? If you ask every college athlete right now at Alabama, most of them are going to say, oh, man, I'm hoping I'm going to the league, right? You hear them say in high school, well, I'm here for two or three years, you know, three to four years. That's what they say, most of them. In the next three to four years, I want to take my talent to Alabama, <laughs> And I want to tell them, do you know that like uh, you have a 99% chance of not doing what you think you're going to be doing, right? That's the reality of this whole thing. Um, but guys like Marvin Harrison Jr., a receiver, as Christian said, he, he gave him all his, his flowers. He's, he's a program-changing, generational-changing type of talent. That's true. Right? So, so are a lot of guys. There's, he's not the only one. But, but as a young guy, you grow up with aspirations of wanting to be there. You want the chance to, to showcase what you could do. I want to put my ability up against that guy's ability. Right? I want, I want to stand out based on who they may have over me. And you know these things because they have people listed. Your agent's going to tell you who's ahead of you and who's this, that, and the third. Right? You should want to go out there and show out, show up and show out. Why wouldn't you? That's a part of competition. But it drives me nuts now that we get all these prima donnas, right? They, 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 oh, I'm not doing this. And, and, and I agree to the point, listen, the, the majority of the evaluation should come from the film. The, the big eye in the sky does not lie. It is what you see on film. Right? There's going to be guys that not going to be good testers, but yet they can play the heck out of some football on Saturday and or Sunday. There's going to be some guys that test crazy. They're going to blow you away with their explosion and their, 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 their ability to twist, flip the hips and run the 40 and box jumps and bench press and all of that. And they suck on Sunday. Right? So my, my thing is this. You go out there with attitude to show up and you show out. But when you say, oh, I ain't doing nothing, 
and, and I want to get to where I'm comfortable. But last I heard that athletes don't play football in their own stadium every week. You have to go to uncomfortable arenas and uncomfortable turfs and, and uncomfortable situations and compete. So you got these guys who haven't played one down. As I said with Ryan Williams and high school athletes, who people get mad. And, no, no, no. You got to show me something first. I don't care what you did. I don't care if you were the Gatorade high school player of the year two times. I don't care if you did this in college three times. You got to do it at this level. You got to be able to prove that you can do this thing right here on this level and do it really well, right? And you get guys to say, I ain't doing this no more. Well, I might get hurt. I might sprain an ankle. I might blow my hamstring. I might, you know, hip flexor, whatever. And I understand the whole makeup. But at the same time, why would you say I'm not doing nothing? I mean, you got an opportunity to showcase yourself and make some money. You got a chance to say that guy that might be 1B next to you or 1C. You got a chance to separate yourself and make sure that you are the certain number one pick or number one wide receiver in the in this NFL draft. So it, it just drives me crazy. The quarterbacks won't throw. I mean, it's throwing. It's seven on seven. It's not even that. It's it's like it's throwing routes. I know these are not your receivers, but when you get to training camp, most of them are not going to be your receivers either. Right? And you run in a route tree. Why wouldn't you throw? Why wouldn't you go out there and just say, hey, I'm going to throw? What you want me to throw? I can throw the dig route, six route. I can throw the corner route, a seven route. I can do a comeback route. I can throw an out route. I can half roll. I can run this waggle route. I mean, so you have all of these different things. And you're saying, hey, you know what? <clears throat> I'm really too good for that. I, you know, my skill set is so high. I don't need to go to the combine with these other collegiate athletes, and I don't need to to do anything. That's what you, that's what you're saying. If I'm a GM, if I'm a coach, I'm questioning the kid because right now you're telling me something. You're telling me you're a prima donna, and you think you're bigger than the game. Because that's what you're saying. So that's all I got. I mean, it, it's just. That kind of stuff. I understand what they're listening to, what the agents are saying. Don't do this. Don't do that. Just throw it home. You know, got you got your your, your guys running routes that you play with. You know what they like and blah. And at the end of the day, if I'm honest, I mean, that's not, if you can play, that's not going to be the determining factor that changes your draft status. Let's be real about that. But I don't know, man. I, I just, I think this is the problem with college football. This is the problem with this generation of football and kids, right? Just like high school, we tell them how great they are. We got grown men and women on social media, I mean, blowing it up and saying all this stuff about the kids and pictures and, you know, following them around. And, and we build them up to be larger than life. And we set them up to just tear them down because a lot of them don't measure up to all the hype, right? This is what, this starts in high school. To get to college, we do the same thing because we got grown men and grown women and we want to know everything about their life and this, that, and the third. And we follow them on social media and we build them up to be kings. 
And then we wonder why they have no structure. We wonder why they're disrespectful. We wonder why their work ethic is questioned. We wonder why. Because we as fans, this is what we do. Because we want our teams to win so bad. But yet we rip them up. When they leave our program, no, they're not this, they're not that. And they just, then we talk like, like, like about the kids like they're dogs. That's what happens in the NFL, too. All this stuff is, is just, it's, it's, it's real talk, it's what it is. But when you get back to old school, that's why I always believe old school works. It's always going to work because it's work ethic, it's humility, it's working my tail off, and I'm not scared to compete. It don't matter the situation. What God got for me is for me, and can't nobody freaking take it away from you. That's the mindset. That's the attitude that I'm looking for from young men. That's the kind of kid I want on my team, right? But you just don't see that no more because we're about the brands, and we're about all of this. We're about me, me, me. It's not the name on the front. It's the name on the back. Quick break. We'll be back. Day mornings at 6 a.m. The Martin Houston Show. Join the Martin Houston Show for a Would You Rather Wednesday as we'll continue our SWAT analysis and we'll also inspire you with the Harvest Church Christian Moment of the Week with Scotty Hollins, Executive Director of Blueprint Ministries. We'll have those conversations as more as we count down the start of spring practice 2024. Catch the Martin Houston Show from 6 to 7 weekday mornings on Tide 100.9. Get ready. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, breezy afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy below 62. Tomorrow, periods of rain turning colder will reach the 70s during the morning, but falling back into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Your pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock. And welcome back into the Miller's Edge. And this Talking Tuesday, as we're talking about NFL Combine, draft, all that good stuff. Again, I want to remind you guys about our good friends over at Off Road Performance Direct. Make sure you head over there for all your off road uh, performance needs. They've got wheels, tires, accessories. All those lift kits, light bars for your Jeep truck, all that good stuff. Head on over to Off Road Performance Direct. Right now, let Michael take great care of you. He's got my truck sitting right. If you're like me, you need a nice lift on your truck. Head on over to Off Road Performance Direct right now, located in Northport, Alabama, 4751 Lake Sherwood Lane. OffRoadPerformanceDirect.com is the website, but you can always call them at 205-310-1823. Again, that's 205-310-1823. Again, Off Road Performance Direct in Northport. Check those guys out now. Um, yeah, look, I agree with everything that you said. Um, except the the part about again the only the, the, like I, I I agree with the way we hype guys up. I hate saying we because I'll be honest with you, I don't do it. But I'm just gonna say we. But I'm just gonna say fans, um, because that that's what it is now. Um, and 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 I didn't like being put in that spot when I was a recruit, right? So I'm not uh, being contradict like you know I'm not being uh, trying to contradict myself, right? Because 
even though when I was recruiting, they were, people did that. I hated it. I hated being in the spotlight. So I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm on the other side of it now. I'm, I'm being honest. But the I, I, only thing I would say is this, is that the combine, I will say, is a business decision. And if you're a guy like Marvin Harrison, you, you already said it. They're looking for reasons not to draft you. Coach Saban said it best. He always said this, right? You want to give them reasons to say and, but not but, right? And what he meant by that is this guy is a great player and – He's a great student, and he has great work, work ethic, right? You don't want to give them the buts, the P-U-Ts, right, where this guy's a great football player, but he has off-field issues, but he doesn't work hard, but he doesn't watch a lot of film, right? And so with that being said, everything, you know, really is a business business decision. Now, I agree that majority of these guys, they need to compete, right? I, I think that is one thing that GMs and, and front office personnel – they look at, you know, guys that choose to sit out. They do say, hey, you know, does this guy have a true competitive nature? Does he love the game? They're, they're, they're going to ask those questions. But here's the thing that you and I both know, right? If Marvin Harrison sits out of the combine, you really think if he's sitting there at pick three, four, five, six, whatever, that they're going to say, oh, well, he didn't run at the combine. So I don't know. Maybe he's not our type. Man, heck no. Man, they're gonna, if they want to pick that guy. I think that the 40-yard dash is overrated. I mean, I don't care about the 40 because I get that. I mean, that's overrated because your film says more about that than anything. Like I said, there are things that I don't agree with that happens at the combine. But running routes, I mean, doing like positional things, why wouldn't you do that? That's my point. I don't care about the 40. You can run. It shows on the tape. You're running away from... From DBs, you're running past them, right? You're catching the ball on a hitch. You're taking an 80. I can see that. I don't care what the 40 says. What I care about is what I saw in that against Michigan and against Michigan State and against Wisconsin and Penn State that you're running past folk, right? Catching the hitch going 80. Or, you know, running nine routes, which is just a go route, running past the cornerback. So I don't care that about the. But I'm just saying. But so I can see your hands. Can I see you catch over your shoulder? Can I see you, you adjust your body in air? Contort that body, you know, when the pass is not as good? That's the things I'm talking about. Right. But And, and I, I get that. I agree with you. But my only question to you would be if, if, and I agree with this part, if tape is the number one factor that you look at, which I agree, because that, that's what you're, that, that shows who you are. Like, if, if you can play football, it's going to show up on tape. That's going to show what you do well, right? A 40 looks good. It sounds good, right? You know, even, even the, I'll be honest, I don't put that much significance on the routes. I don't know why you're so pressed on him doing those either, because think about it. They're routes on air, right? There's not a DB sitting in front of him. It's just him going through the motions. I don't see the significance there. So if you just said the tape trumps all, why is it a big deal if he, if he doesn't compete? What do you mean? Because, again, as I said, even though it's against air, you know the, the balls are not going to be thrown perfectly. You've got, to, you've got to adjust your body. You've got to contort. You've got to bend. You might fall down catching the ball. I still get to see, uh, you know, responses to bad passes. I still can see with my own eyes now on the field how you get out of breaks, right? How can you run when you run that nine route or when you run, excuse me, when you run a comeback route? Right when I plant that foot and turn, I'm bust because that's the thing with the National Football League: playing receiver and playing cornerback. And I, you know, I've worked with kids about this stuff all the time. It's like, you know, the game—you're not going to have great separation. You and the quarterback going to have to be, on, you know, that quarterback's throwing the ball before you even get out that break, right? 
So how fast can you plant that foot, turn that body, explode back to the ball? You know, catching it with your hands and then turning and exploding. Those things I can see now, even against air. I can see, you know, how you control your body. I can see your hands. I can see your feet, right? I can see all of that. Now, I know I can see it more uh, in reality when, when somebody's putting their hands on you. And unfortunately, in football, not even like to even touch you, so it's about like playing on air. So I at least can see that. But more than that, I can tell you who has friends who are GMs, who know, I understand this, this space better than most, that they're looking at mentality. And the NFL, not for long, by the way, that's what it means. I, I want to see mentality. And guys tell me a lot about how they respond. And, that, and that's what they do at the combine. They, they, they want you to respond. They want to put you, they want to stress you. They want you to get mad about getting tests and MRIs. And they want to test you because they want to see how mentally strong you are. Because in this league, more than physicality, you, it's just tough. Who can survive mentally? When it's cold, when it's too hot, when it's stressful, travel, family problems, matter problems, whatever problems. How you responding? How you reacting? Right? All of that compiles together and they, 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 they decide, they got psychologists everywhere. You know, how's this guy mentally? Because the NFL is hard. Right? How you, when you get benched, look at Russell Wilson right now. And how, you know, Sean Payton was treating him like a puppy, yelling and screaming at him like he's in Pop Warner football. Are you kidding me? This man make $30, $40 million a year. Like, what, what's wrong with you? You can have a conversation with a grown man if you don't like what he's doing. Like, he's slamming the pads. And I mean, look at that. Russell, great character. Say what you want about him. He ain't blow back, he ain't cuss him out. He stood there and took it. Great locker room guy. People, though people say, oh, he's not a great. Yes, he is. Well, did you see the video? I, I don't know if you saw the video of him on Brandon uh, Marshall's podcast, but that might answer the question why. Uh, he went into a great detail on kind of his situation with his contract and how he basically implied that they almost were trying to basically incite him to to react a certain way so they could almost like void something on his car or something. I had to go back and watch it, but that probably would answer your question. So because he stayed level-headed, they basically were saying if he did react a certain way or started, you know, causing a scene or was being disruptive in some capacity that they could label that as like he was behaving in like con uh, conduct detrimental to the team, which would then basically mean they wouldn't have to pay him something. But now he... Since he handled everything the right way, pretty much he's going to get paid. So I don't know if you saw that, but you might want to check that out. No, 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 no. You're right. I was getting ready. You took the word out of my mouth. Conduct detrimental to the team. That means, for those that don't know, basically any kind of action that you do, they're basically saying your conduct is hurting this team and, and it's, it's, you know, hurting the team and taking the team down is a problem. Your problem that your conduct is not acceptable to this team. And so they could easily said, hey, man, look, look how he's treating the coach, right? So they were inciting. So I, when you went there, I already knew. And he's smart, man. So if you act a certain way, guess what they do? <laughs> they ain't give you no money. They're going to try to get you everywhere. All right, we got to hit a quick timeout. 
Top down break. More of the Miller's Edge. More combine talk. We'll look at some of the Bama players and spring practice. Less than a week away. We'll get to that. We'll come back in a moment. WTBC Tuscaloosa and W265CG Tuscaloosa, a town square media station. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Hey, it's Boo. From the Fox Sports Studios in Los Angeles. Here's Monsi Bolaños. Raiders GM Tom Telesco told reporters that he has no plans to trade wide receiver Devontae Adams this offseason, emphasizing that he's a Raider. Broncos general manager George Payton said that no teams have reached out about acquiring quarterback Russell Wilson. Head coach Sean Payton said that a decision on Wilson's future with the team will come within the next two weeks. Bears GM Ryan Pohl says that if the team selects a quarterback with the first pick in the NFL draft, they want to do right by Justin Fields and deal him to another team before free agency begins on March 13th. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have several impending free agents, but according to head coach Todd Bowles, quarterback Baker Mayfield is an extremely high priority. As for wide receiver Mike Evans, Bowles says that they obviously want him to retire as a Buccaneer. The Buccaneers are releasing former All-Pro outside linebacker Shaq Barrett. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Two of the Miller's Edge here on a talking Tuesday. Love that song there, man. That got me bouncing here at the Hootie and the Blowfish offices here in Columbia, South Carolina. Christian Miller down in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. We got our good friend Noah on his uh, first of two days of the Edge this week. I'm trying to figure out what else you're doing, man. How many jobs you got? Uh, uh At least four. Four? Yeah, about that. Five days a week, six days a week. Uh, yeah, closer to six. Six days. They're doing a good job. I mean, you know, God even said on the seventh day rest. So hopefully on the seventh, on the Sabbath, uh, you're resting. <laughs> so we talked a lot about the NFL Combine in hour number one. Alabama set to have ten guys. Uh, to be there in Indiana. Uh, we can talk about some of that. Love to do that if you're in the mood. Also, spring practice is about, <clears throat> excuse me, one week, less than one week now, six days away uh, before they get to practice. Now, real quickly before we get to an app message, I did say yesterday, I threw a question out there based on what you're looking for, what you're excited about, which I know that answer, right? I'm dumb. If I, don't, I think everybody is excited about spring practice. Why? Because Nick Saban is gone. After 17 years, you got someone else that is in charge. Uh, what is this team going to look like from, from the get-up? Um, I said yesterday, which a lot of people may didn't understand or like, that it's just spring practice. I don't think we're going to be able to get a lot of what's happening in spring practice. I still believe that. Uh, this, yeah, we get to see Kalen DeBoer's offense. We get to see Kalen DeBoer's, you know, how he runs practice. And uh, we get to see, you know, Kane Womack uh, defense. We get to see maybe a, a, a smidge of what that looks like. But we're not going to know anything. And I still believe that. And I don't want to talk about that this hour. But before we get to that, again, the phone number 205-342-9904 if you're interested in giving us a call and share your thoughts and comments there. Or download the free app. 
Tide 100.9 and the best reader, even though he's only with us two times a week. He's the best reader in all of the state of Alabama. We have one. Take it away, Norm. Yes, we've got a message from KJ. Uh, he's talking a little bit about the combine and the whole situation there. He says, uh, simple answer is there need to be rules and requirements set at every level. On one hand, we have people saying kids should be able to transfer from Alabama because Saban retired and do what's best for them, etc. But then on the other hand, they complain when kids do what's best for them at the combine. What did they expect? We have allowed players to do whatever they want to do. The NFL should have rules regarding their combine, just like the NCAA, with all the mess they have. If all of this is business, let's simply put stipulations on everything regarding the business of the sport. Hmm. That was long. Um, rules. I, I don't know if I'm... I hear what you're saying, KJ. Um, and it's almost like, though, the earlier part, I'm, I'm hearing a disgruntled KJ about athletes... I don't know if athletes have always been able to do what they want. I don't agree with that. I think athletes have not been able to do anything without being penalized. So, you know, until just this past year when we've seen Transfer Portal uh, come alive, but uh, <laughs> I, don't think, I don't think they have the right to do nothing. So... This is one of these situations where, you know, since the college, we're talking about bowl games and guys are opting out and everybody got mad about that. We go back to Christian McCaffrey uh, opting out the bowl game and then some, another player, I forgot his name, was kind of big names that started doing that. Now it's pretty much a normal thing uh, to players starting to exercise their freedom, so to speak, uh, with things like that. So, I mean, listen. I don't think there's only but a few players that can have the Marvin Harrison Jr. attitude and say, I'm not doing anything without hurting themselves tremendously. Now, Christian called him a generational talent. Uh, I agree with that. I think he has that ability. Um, so maybe he won't hurt himself by what he's doing. Maybe his dad, who's a Hall of Fame wide receiver for the Colts, played with Peyton Manning all those years. Uh, maybe that's his... That's his advice. I don't know. But but I don't think there's many players at the end of the day, Christian, that can do these types of things. There's probably not many. And that's why I said it. I think it it is it's individual. I mean, basically, it varies for each individual, right? It's individualized is what I was trying to say. Sorry, I couldn't get the word out. But, you know, I, I don't I think majority of players, if you get invited, you should go. Now, in my case, I, I was coming off a torn hamstring, right? Not long before um i toured against oklahoma that was probably right around new year's you know fast forward you know the combine this time so i mean maybe about just shy of two months later which is not very long in terms of recovering from a torn hamstring so i still went i participated in every single thing i could um i didn't run a 40 obviously i did jump a vert had 38 and a half inch vertical i think it was like tied highest or something for the linebacker group, something like that, or second. Uh, and then I did the on-field drills. I'm just saying, like a guy like Marvin Harrison, I don't, it, I, not even I don't think, I know, it's not going to make or break him by not participating, right? I'm almost positive we'll probably go to Pro Day, work with his guys, run routes. They get to see that fluidity that you mentioned. They get to see that route running, that body control. But the other thing I was going to tell you is they've seen that on film. Like if you watch Marvin Harrison, 
he's always just playing like freak, like freak type plays, right? Or like, like this freakish athletic ability and body control. Um, so they've seen that kind of stuff. I'm just, and, and, and to KJ's point, I'll say this. I mean, if you want to have rules like, hey, if you're going to participate in the combine, you have to participate in X number of events or you have to do certain things. I mean, maybe, but I, again, I just don't think it's that deep. I mean, will the NFL personnel and then, you know, staffers and GMs be frustrated guys don't do stuff? They might be aggravated, but again, like it's all a business. Just like he made the business decision not to hire an agent, right? I'll be honest with you. A guy like him, in my opinion, is almost a guarantee to be a top. I'll say he's guaranteed to be a top 10 pick, right? I want to say top five. I feel pretty solid about that, but we'll just say top 10 pick. Realistically, would hiring an agent help him? you know, improve his draft stock? No. I mean, because you and I both know that all rookie salaries are the same and they're slotted for their signing bonus. So realistically, an agent isn't isn't super beneficial until that second contract runs around. Now, if you're a guy who doesn't have, you know, a high draft eval or you're not going to be picked super high and there's a chance that you might be cut before your rookie contract and you might need to you know find you know to be finding a new team and get workouts you most definitely need an agent and i'm not saying agents are pointless like they, they are very helpful they can help guys tremendously but they don't they realistically an agent's not going to be able to really get you help they're not going to be able to help you get drafted higher that's not how that works so yeah they have contacts and they can like you alluded to which is 100 correct they can talk to these personnel members that they know they can find out where different teams have you on their board. that That's all true, but realistically, in my opinion, if, if it's a guy like Marvin Harrison or Caleb Williams, you know you're pretty much a guaranteed, or we'll just use our guys to make it easier, Bryce Young and Will Anderson. They both knew that they would not be past the, the fifth pick, right? Maybe Will could have, for whatever reason, who knows, maybe six or seven, but realistically, like where those guys were going to be drafted. Did they need an agent? Not really. Like, I mean, uh, agencies, agencies do a lot with marketing as well now, too, so that helps. But I'm just saying, like, Marvin Harrison not choosing an agent and not performing the combine, in my opinion, is not really going to make or break him. Now, I would not say the same for everybody else. That's why I was saying I, it's, just, it's, it's, not, it's very seldom that I would say that that's the case. That's why I said with the quarterbacks, I'll be honest, like, the quarterback's not throwing. Like, that's just, to me, like, come on now. Like, you're a quarterback. You're a freaking thrower of the football. That's like a kicker saying, oh, I'm not going to kick. That's stupid, right? Now, maybe some quarterbacks, they have actual reason or some, I don't know. But but again, most of these guys that aren't performing at the combine will perform at pro day. So they'll at least end up doing that. Um, but I do in this next segment because segment, we're running against a break. want to kind of name a few of our guys and kind of just give you know, our thoughts on them and where, you know, we, where we see them at in this draft kind of how their their game might translate to the next level guy that you might be high on and whatnot, and, and we can go uh, from there. But uh, let's take a quick timeout and we'll come right back. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC. Again, we are presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. I want to remind you real quick about our friends over at Alumni Hall. Make sure you head on over to the Alumni Hall for your latest and greatest officially licensed Alabama merchandise. Baseball season's back. Softball season's back. They've got those jerseys there, folks. They've got the hats. You know, it's sunny. You got to get have a nice hat on. They got the polos, sweatshirts, tank tops, you name it. Make sure you check out Alumni Hall in Midtown Village in Tuscaloosa. Or you can always go to alumnihall.com and get those great deals like the two for 38 tees. Again, folks, 
make sure you head on to Alumni Hall for all your Crimson Tide apparel needs. Again, that's Alumni Hall where the ultimate Crimson Tide fans shop. Taking a quick timeout, we'll be right back on Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9, the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, breezy afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, the low 62. Tomorrow, periods of rain turning colder will reach the 70s during the morning, but falling back into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 76 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. She wants to move to California. And she must welcome back into the Miller's Edge on this Tuesday edition. Uh talking Tuesday that is, right here on Tide 100.9. We're talking about NFL draft, combine. I want to look at some of these these guys from Alabama, kind of, you know, give our thoughts on kind of how they might translate, especially, you know, they'll be at the Combine. I think we've got 10 guys, I believe, representing uh, us at the Combine. So excited to see those guys get to work. Uh, I want to say they have Chris Braswell, from what I was told, working with the linebacker group, um, similar to what I did. So <laughs> I wish them luck, man, because as I'm telling them right now, <laughs> it, uh, it definitely is, is – uh, a little bit challenging, kind of work again, working with middle linebackers and, and those dudes uh, that that are a lot more accustomed to dropping and moving in space. Because you know, in our system here, even though you're an outside linebacker, I mean, majority of the time your hands either in the dirt or you know you're standing up right on the edge, and you do have you know coverage responsibilities, but not nearly as much as you would if you played inside linebacker. Uh, but yeah, like I said, I mean, he'll he'll be good uh, doing that, but. Um, yeah, it definitely will be something to, to get used to, though. But just looking at some of our guys uh, in this upcoming draft, start with a guy like J.C. Latham, you know, exceptional size, strength. I mean, this guy just mauls people. Um, definitely going to be a first-round pick, in my opinion. You look at him, I mean, he, he's he got first-round written all over him. The only thing, and really, I mean, there's so many positives about him. The only thing I would say when I watch J.C. Latham is sometimes – his work ethic, and again, I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, you know, at his craft or things like that. But I would, I would almost sum it up as there's times where it looks like he kind of takes some plays off, and those times that he kind of given up some sacks. It wasn't really him getting beat by talent. It just was him almost kind of just, I don't know if he was kind of getting a little lazy on a play or what. Uh, but other than that, man, I mean, for a guy of his size, you know, obviously he's going to be strong as hell, strong as Knox, but he moves really well. And uh, I definitely think he's going to really help out a team. I, I wish, you know, uh, Carolina could, could get him. He definitely would help a guy like Bryce Young out. But with their, uh, with their picks, they, they kind of pretty much sold the whole house to, you know, get Bryce. They don't really have too many. But with that being said, how, how do you see a guy like J.C. Latham uh, transitioning into the NFL? And do you agree with me that, that really one of the few kind of minors to him is sometimes kind of just coming up a little lazy? Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm a little torn. Um, you said first round. Uh, I think he may go in the first round. I don't know. 
I know the mock drafts, if you're into that, the Mel Kuyper and Tom McShades of the world, if you're into that, you may have him rated, rated pretty high. But again, if you watch the tape, I came away a little bit unimpressed. Um, measurables, check. Got the size. I think he has good footwork. He's big. He's a massive guy. He's strong. Uh, depending upon system you put him in, I think he could... He can be a mauler-type player. He can be a guy that put that weight on him and, and lay on people, maybe get some push, get some move. But if I'm honest, and I watch this, the, the entirety of 2023 season, I come away a little bit unimpressed. Because, you know, all I can remember is listen to him and Tyler Booker talk about making people quit. When you say that, you talk about attitude. Right, you talk about playing with an attitude. You talk about playing with uh, a spirit of man, just mauling people, nastiness. And I, I never saw that. So I don't know who he is and what he's going to transpire to be in the National Football League. I know he got all the the measurables, but I'm a little bit concerned up top. As I talked a lot about today, the mentality of the athlete. I'm a little bit concerned with this toughness. You, you said taking plays off. Well, I, I saw way too many of that, right? I didn't see, uh, you know, consistently did not see a guy that was after people, like I've seen a lot more with Jaden Roberts, by the way, that nasty, getting after people, intense, wanting them to quit. But is he an NFL talent? Will he get there and, and get his mind right when that money starts to flow, the bag is right? Will he be that dude? Absolutely. I think so. And so, therefore, somebody's going to take that shot on him. But he kind of almost, uh, what, what's the kid, Latham? Uh, not Latham, but... Um, Are you talking about Evan Neal that went to the Giants? Well, real quick before I pass it back to you, I, I, I don't know if you watched him close enough if you didn't think he had that that dog in terms of mauling guys like Jaden Roberts. Because, I mean, I was watching him, you know, I was calling games from the sideline. I'm, I'm telling you right now, I mean, he is a mauler. I mean, he's 6'6", 360 pounds. <laughs> like, if you're that size, you better be, and, and he is. So, I mean, may, maybe you, you kind of just have on the, your forefront some of the plays. You kind of, again, I, I'm not calling him a lazy player. It's just times, and, and look, I've even talked to people that said the same thing. Like, sometimes I think he knows he's he's so talented that sometimes he thinks he can kind of just get away with, you know what I mean? It's kind of going through the motions, and and. You know, unfortunately, that's not how the NFL works, man. I mean, you don't, you can't take plays off in the NFL, but he cleans that up. I mean, he's definitely gifted. Now, I will say, I do. I, I, if you if you say, I wouldn't say unimpressed. I don't agree with that. If you say you're a little underwhelmed, just because given his skill set and his talent, he probably could have played even better. I, I think he could have played better in some areas. Uh, but to say you know you didn't think he was mauling guys, man, you might want to turn the tape back on, brother. I don't know what you were watching, but I think you were talking about Evan Neal who went to the Giants. Is that who you're thinking of? No, no, no. I was talking about the other kid that with the Raiders has been cut. The other first-round offensive lineman. Uh, Alex Leatherwood. Leather. Uh, Leatherwood, yeah, who probably was a guard. I think he ended up, ended up moving the guard. I can actually even see Latham maybe playing inside, too. Um, I think he can play. I don't think he's a left tackle. I know we talked about that uh, when Caden Prodder was struggling a lot at the left tackle. We talked about maybe let's move JC over there, but but I think he would have been beat like a drum too had he played left tackle. I don't see him there, but I, I can see him. 
uh, maybe playing some inside of the guard. I think he's, when you talk about mauling, you want guards that can maul. You want more shorter, squattier, strong, lower body, you know, explosiveness. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I still say I'm impressed because here's the thing. When you talk about, and I, and I preface it by saying what they said in, in, in Atlanta, in Atlanta, right, or Nashville, wherever the the HC um, Media Day was, you know, the way he talked didn't happen. So when I say unimpressed, I base it on when people say you're supposed to be this and you're the leader and your talent level is this. It's like I've been saying about a Kool-Aid McKinstry. Same thing, right? Unimpressed because your skill set's supposed to be way up here. And yeah, underwhelm is another great word. But for me, it's unimpressed because I'm expecting you to be that dude. And to me, he wasn't that dude. And, you know, and the word I used was consistently. Yeah, I see moments where he mauled. I see moments, you know, where he, he did some great things. But he wasn't consistent. Now, real quickly before I get back to you, uh, as far as Chris Braswell doing the same thing he got with the linebackers, that's the thing when we go back with the four-two-five and the defense that y'all ran. Again, players like yourself who are edge guys having to play really more like a defensive end. So when the pros, they were going to what you had to do, and I told you this before you, you know, we talked about training that you got to learn in, inside, outside linebacker stand-up drops because those teams want to see, can you do that? And so, for, for as far as Chris Braswell is concerned, hopefully his agent, whoever that is, had him the training, uh, had him getting those hips. And, and the thing that I said to him, I, I wanted to see a little bit more out of his hips, even in the past person I said this, uh, because that, that t- tells me the, you know, how, how much he is explosive, right? Um, and I thought that was an area that he needed to work on. And so uh, hopefully he, he you know, because he's going to get drilled doing that. Because if he's 250, you know, they can look at you being maybe 240, playing a stand-up outside back in a 3-4. Right? Because they're going to play a lot more of a true 3-4 than what we talked about with the four two five and the variations and all that. Because, like, when you get to the league, you're going to actually be a 3-4 or even a 4-3 Sam-type linebacker. Right? you got to be able to you know, buzz to the flat. You got to be able to drop to the flat and, and, and plant that foot, roll those hips, and drive back inside to the hook. You know, so you got to be able to do those different things. But but um, that's one of the things coming to Alabama as an outside as edge that you run in, 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 into problems with and can be hurt somewhat because Dallas Turner's going to have to do the same thing because your hand is down the majority of the time than up. So you play more like a defensive end rather than a linebacker. Yeah, no, you, you do. But, I mean, uh, it's just, it just depends on the system. And they, the thing is, though, NFL, you know, personnel will draft guys that are hand-in-the-dirt defensive ends to play stand-up outside linebacker. They understand that you might not have done it as much, and they're, they're willing to work with guys. That's why they just want to see you flip your hips, move, see how fluid you are, because then, then they, they can work with you. As long as you have the tools and the ability, they can always work with you. But um, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, but – uh, Tia did post uh, some clips of JC versus Georgia, and, um, definitely doing his job. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't classify too many of those really mauling. He definitely was handling business for sure, right? But um, but he definitely was still dominating, doing his thing. But there's definitely more clips. I'm telling you, I, early on in the year, I mean, I watched him maul guys. I mean, even after the whistle, because I, I remember I was I said it on air, 
right, Oz? I mean, these guys said they wanted to get back to that standard up front. I watched him and Tyler Booker. Those those two really initially before, remember, Jaden Roberts didn't start the season to line up. Those were the two dogs up front. Um, now, again, he just needs to do that more consistently, especially when you're 6'6", 360, which I, I'll be honest, I think he could slim down a little bit, maybe to like the 340-ish range, and I think it might really benefit him, even though he moves well at 360. Um, but, yeah, let's let's dive into the outside linebackers when we come back. Let's talk about them and kind of how they'll translate, see kind of what um, you know they might do at this combine. Cause I, I, I'm not going to lie. I think uh, I think Dallas Turner is going to test extremely well. You know, he's a really good athlete. I think he's going to he's going to have big numbers at the combine. I think Chris is going to do well uh, also. Uh, but just so you know, I think Chris is up like 260. So Chris is definitely solid. And, uh, you know, he, he's definitely going to have a good combine as well. But you talk about Dallas. He's one of those guys who he's going to test well. And so we can talk about that next. Let's stick to 270. Yeah, no, Chris is 260. But, yeah, he's. He's solid, but uh, let's take a quick time out, talk about it when we come back. You're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM WTBC, presented by the Good Feet Store, America's art sport experts. We'll be right back after a quick break. Don't be asked. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. Welcome back to the Middle Edge here on the Tide 100.9, 12.30 a.m. WTBC. Talking a lot of combine talk today. Uh, didn't really get too much of the spring practice, but I will mention, as we talk about the Edge guys here in just a moment, but uh, I was looking at the OX machine or Twitter machine. Christian, a lot of guys... Uh, Thinking kind of what I think about the upcoming season for the Alabama football team, I'm thinking that there will be some struggling in there per bet.com um, or betonline. It's not the com, it's dot ag something. Um, I don't really mean anything, by the way, just so you know, so if you get mad at me. But they have Alabama right now. Oz at winning a national championship is, wow. I mean, I got to scroll way down here to find Alabama. I mean, where is that? I mean, they they had Tennessee above Alabama. I mean, this is crazy. So people are not, I know being in Tuscaloosa and all the, the, the Crimson Tide uh, love, we get that. But right now, Alabama is plus 225, Tennessee plus 200. Uh, they got Penn State. Let me just give you the teams in front of Alabama at uh, winning the college. Let's not even win a natty, natty. This is college football playoffs. Let me get that correct. This is not even winning the natty. This is at the odds of the college football playoffs. Teams that are in front of Alabama. Tennessee, Penn State, Arizona, Ole Miss, Miami, Utah, Michigan, Kansas State, Florida State University, the Clemson Tigers, Texas, Oregon, Georgia at number two, and the Ohio State at number one. I mean, I was getting ready to tweet that this probably is the worst since, since Nick Saban has been there for sure. That odds for Alabama even not winning the national championship but getting to the playoffs, this is definitely the worst. I mean, this basically saying you ain't got no chance. So whoever runs this whole bet online, 
don't have any love for the Alabama Crimson Tide. So it's betonline.ag or underscore ag. That is uh, the uh, website here. I just looked it up. But Christian, I know you're going to have some blowback for this one. But um, Ohio State number one, Georgia number two, Oregon three, Texas four, Clemson five, Florida State 6, Kansas State 7, Michigan at 8, Utah 9, Miami 10, Ole Miss 11, Arizona 12, Penn State 13, Tennessee 14, and Alabama will miss the playoffs per betonline.unscoreag at the 15th best odds to make the college football playoffs. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified. I mean, that's just the odds to make the college football playoffs. It's not like they have them they come in at 15th on there. But, look, here's the thing, though. Again, number one, like you said, I don't mean anything. Just odds um, that people do before anything happens, right? That's how betting works. I don't even know the website. I'm not a better though, so it doesn't, you know, it's, there's no shock there. But here's the thing, though. I mean, the, the, the four teams are the highest odds. I think, I mean, anybody would agree. I mean, Ohio State, Georgia, Oregon, Texas, I mean, pretty sure everybody would agree that, they're, you know, the, those teams are kind of around that top four in college football right now going into the season where things stand right now right but just come on man i mean like i'm kansas state right arizona like really like come on man like i know like they're probably solid football teams but i i don't buy into all this crap and i i get it though coach saban retires and a lot of coaching turnovers a lot of guys leave the program i mean I'm just curious who who's coming up with these odds. Now, to be fair, sometimes now you know I don't know what service or how it works, but Vegas typically is kind of close with some things, at least with scores and stuff. I don't know how they generate these odds or how it works, but I'll say this though, right? I, I think this just falls in the category. And again, you can you can say I'm being, you know, I got my crimson glasses on or whatever. But again, we we know I always I'm transparent. I always try to just. I don't ever try to be too biased, and I don't ever try to be, you know, way too out there. I try to be down the middle. But here's the thing, though. I know, because I'm around here, I'm around the program, that this team still has some really good football players. I know that for a fact. I don't know if these odds makers know that. I don't know if these other fan bases know that. They probably don't because there's a lot of disrespect towards Alabama. Which I get. Again, they, they haven't seen anything. They just go off the surface level of, oh, well... They lost this guy. They lost that guy. They lost this coach. They lost that coach, right? But it's like they, they overlooked that there's still a lot of good talent on this football team, okay? And I think that's just important to remind people because, look, your starting quarterback's returning. You're two of your, your, your very talented offense linemen in the interior back. You just picked up a, a center, who played some good football. Not the biggest guy, but he, he's, he's got some pep in his step, right? He's, he's, he's physical for a smaller guy. He's snappy. He's quick. He's explosive. He did a, a really nice job, I might remind you, if you go watch a Texas game. Now, I'm not going to put all my stock in that one game, but I'm just saying, if there's any questions about you know his size, even though I still think he could add some muscle, right? I'm not saying he needs to get all big and slow, but I think he could get up to about 285, 290. I think it would benefit him, but nonetheless... He did good against a very solid and big and physical front against Texas. So just throwing that out there. Now, the tackles positions, those are my question marks on the offensive line. Okay? Because, number one, we saw how much 
of a struggle we had last year with a true freshman at left tackle who was struggling to protect. So if you didn't know this, now you know, folks. Left tackle is one of the most important positions in football. You just Alabama fans, you just witnessed that firsthand last year. All right? You got to replace that guy who was coming along nicely and playing some good football at the end of the year, who's, who's, going, to, who's going to be a really good football player, just was young. Okay? So those are my question marks. But other than that, their interior offense line is very solid. You got a, a Heisman candidate quarterback in Jalen Milrow. Justice Haynes, who you kept arguing, you know, hey, he should be playing more. Why ain't he playing more? He's back. Right, probably going to be your top back, right? Jam Miller, a guy who I I think kind of reminds me of a blend of of several guys, little hints of a guy like Josh Jacobs, kind of like that bowling ball kind of build, can catch the ball out of the backfield with his agility, can make guys miss, right? Maybe a little bit oversized Kenyon Drake at times. Just I mean, like I mean, he, he he's got glimpses of of several guys, but you got those two guys and some other young talent at running back, the receiver position who. Might seem a little underwhelming on paper. I'm just telling you right now, I, I've seen these guys in person. I think the receivers are going to step up. You got some youth in that group. But I think guys like, like Kendrick Law, to me, is a guy that that can have such an expanded role who's underutilized the past several years that I think he could have a big year. Emmanuel Henderson, guy who dealt with injuries, I really think he's going to have a, a, a big year. You got to transfer in there. I still think it'll probably add some, but I'm telling you, I think I think they're going to impress, right? I think they're going to uh, surprise some people. Then defensively, two linebackers are back, uh, right? The whole interior defensive line is pretty much back. The edge spot, you, you got guys like Q Robinson. I, I think the guy, if I had to guess, though, is going to end up throughout the the course of the year, be the, that guy at that position, probably more of uh, Quay Russo. I know a lot of people are high on him, right? And then secondary, they're young, but they're talented. I repeat, they're young. I get that. But they are extremely talented. You got a guy like Malachi Moore as, a, as that leader in that group, helped bring those guys along. Would not be shocked if we see some guys in the portal. All I'm saying is this, and I know that was a long-winded way of just saying this, that Alabama's going to shock some people. Do I think they're going to have growing pains? Absolutely. That's inevitable, right? Just like there were some growing pains last year. But just as everybody else, even our own fans, are writing this team off, calling in our show, saying that they weren't going to make the playoffs, they couldn't win with Jalen Milrow, this team is going to struggle, they're going to lose three or four games. They literally said the same stuff last year. And we are one of the few people sitting here saying, be patient. It takes time. Let them gel. Let them figure out their chemistry. And what happened? They made the college football playoffs. They won the SEC championship, beating Georgia. And really should have beat Michigan and played for a national championship, which I think they would have beat Washington, right? So I'm not saying that's going to be the same result this year. It could be for sure. But all I'm saying is the doubt is nothing new. I mean, they doubted us in 2014 when I was here, 15, we ended up winning national championship. It's always been there. All I'm saying is I, I, I think the people that are putting Alabama at those odds, I think it's, it's laughable just because I think that's way, you're doing way too much. And I'm telling you right now, I, I still I think I think that that 10 win area is solid. And that's with a very tough schedule. If you gave them one of these cake schedules like Ohio State, or these other schools have. I'm telling you right now, this football team easily is, is, is running the table. But because they, they've got, you know, a lot of turnover and combined with a, a tough schedule, there probably is going to be, you know, with the growing pains, adversity, it's going to be it's going to be tough this year. However, I think they're going to shock a lot of people. But again, you might think I have the crimson glasses on. Other people might think I'm too optimistic. I don't know. 
I'm just telling you what I know, and that I, I think this team is going to end up being better than what some people think they'll be. I'm not saying they're going to be perfect like some of our fans think, because I just don't think that's realistic, but I'm telling you they're going to be a lot better than a lot of people are giving them credit for. And that's all I'm saying. Be 9-3. and three. It could be 8-4. I mean, we don't know. I'm just saying, I, I, I think, you know, it's easy to say what you're saying. I mean, I can agree to a lot of things you said. But at the same time, it's the you don't know. So if you're a fan of said team, it's easy to make say what you just said. And because that's what you're hoping. It doesn't mean that it's realistic because the flip side of that, if I was arguing a case, I would say, hey, well, that's good. But your secondary got a lot of question marks, Right. I will sit here and say, your defensive ends, both great players are gone, and you, your replacement has done nothing. All right? I can sit here and say, your two tackles, which is going to be massive when you're playing against the best D-lines in the country in this conference, are gone. Who's going to replace them? We don't know. So when I look at that, which calls for pause for me, I don't take the glasses and put them on and say, because I'm a fan of Alabama that because we recruit five, some five, mostly five stars and some four stars that they're going to just jump in there and it's going to be cool because Kalen DeBoer is just going to, his play calling is going to just be great. Right? But if I'm arguing this case finally before I go to break, I would say, hey, well, you know, the, the greatest strategy guy in defense is gone, Nick Saban. And I got a guy in Kane Womack that I don't know a whole lot about, but yet, you know, fans are going to say, well, man, it's 425, and is everybody with 425 and 425. And I'm like, but see, we're taking too much of that approach instead of being realistic and saying, I don't know. I'm hoping it'll be more like that. But if I'm honest, I have to, I have to question some of these things because I don't see them. And if I don't see them or I haven't seen flashes of them, you got to say what you say. It ain't being a hater. It ain't being I don't want it to be successful. It's just being a realist. But I think the difference is you said you hadn't seen them and neither of these fans. The difference is I've seen this still. I just told you, I mean, I'm, I'm up in, in the complex of the facilities. Like, I've seen these guys and I've seen them move around and do stuff. Again, I'm not saying... What they're doing now is is indicative of, of, of them having a you know a freshman All American type season. However, I will compare it to right when they talked about Minka coming on campus, right? And they talked about Caleb Downs coming on campus, right? There's a lot of buzz around players like that, Justice Haynes. There's a lot of buzz around those guys because people that see them can sit there and watch. People that know the game, who played the game, like myself, can look at guys and say. <laughs> This guy's a good football player. He's got talent to him. He's got a chance. All I'm saying is the fans that are super optimistic, they haven't seen it. The people that are negative, they haven't seen it. But there's a lot of people that have gotten a chance to get glimpses of some things. And if they know how to, you know, scout and just trust their eyes, what they're seeing, they can then make some judgments. That's what I do. I don't I do not do the over-optimism. I don't do all that. I don't do the over-negative, you know, gloom and doom. I don't do any of that. I call it how I see it genuinely because I legit see it. And that's what I'm going off of. So anyway, let's take a break real quick. We're running a little over. We take a quick time out. Come back for our last segment. Again, you're listening to the Miller's Edge right here on Tide 100.9, 1230 AM. 
WTBC. No, I like the jazz, man. It's smooth, man. I feel like I'm in a coffee shop. <laughs> we'll be right back after a quick timeout. Coming up, coming up on The Game with Ryan Fowler. Hey, coming up on the Tuesday edition of The Game, we'll feature Mike Dettelier, WWL, the big 870. We'll also feature Hal Mommy, who is the inventor of the air raid offense. We're going to talk quarterback development, quarterback play, spring football, and a lot more. Coming up starting at 2 p.m. here on The Game on Tide 100.9-1230. WTBC, your home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. The longest-running sports program in Tuscaloosa. Calusa, the game with Ryan Fowler. Weekdays from 2 to 6 p.m. on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. A warm, breezy afternoon, a mix of sun and clouds with a high near 80. Tonight, mostly cloudy, becoming windy, below 62. Tomorrow, periods of rain turning colder will reach the 70s during the morning, but falling back into the 50s by afternoon. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 77 degrees in Tuscaloosa. This is Miller's Edge on Tide 100.9. I've only got about a minute to go. You know, a wise person once told me, always believe who they say they are. (laughs) Believe when people tell you who they are. And um, that's what I do. I don't care what you say with your mouth. I don't care what you do. See about what you're doing. Your action speaks louder than words. Whether it's coaches, whether it's teams, whether it's whomever. Believe who people say that they are. And that's why I hold their feet to the fire. I'll talk to y'all tomorrow. I don't like the setup here because uh, I can't talk back and forth for some reason. It just drove me nuts today. Threw me off my game. But we'll be back tomorrow right here on the Miller's Edge on the Tide 100.9. We're the home of Alabama Crimson Tide Sports. You've been listening to the Miller's Edge, tackling sports daily. I'm attorney Stephen.